You're listening to Beyond the Measure, Episode 6. Listen as I, a young choir director, and my husband, a young composer, interview other music educators in order to gain insight into their own success in the classroom. We have a lot to learn, and we want you to learn with us. No matter your age, ensemble, or experience, this is the ideal podcast for music educators, composers, and students alike. So join us as we go Beyond the Measure. Hey everybody, it's Christian. I am actually not here with Kara as of recording this intro. Uh, We kind of forgot to record an intro after uh, recording the episode you're about to hear with Mr. Bill Hardin, Uh, but I thought I'd go ahead and record an intro here real quick. Um, I'm actually currently, as of recording this, I am in uh, my parents' house in Leander, Texas, because I am down here for uh, a premiere of one of my pieces, actually. the clarinet section at Leander High School is getting ready to premiere a piece they commissioned uh, from me a while back, about a year ago. And so I'm uh, down here getting ready to listen to that premiere tomorrow. So I'm really excited for that. But um, I just kind of wanted to record a quick intro in here just to kind of preface this episode with something that Kara and I, we both wanted uh, to kind of uh, just kind of mention why we ask a lot of our guests uh, as they come on here to tell us their stories and how they came to came to do music and kind of what they went through on, on their journey. Um, it's really, I think it's really easy for a lot of us to listen to these stories as just that, as stories. And, and that's totally fine. Um, but uh, the reason we, we take the time and we take huge chunks of these episodes to hear these people's stories is because within these stories is a lesson, uh, many lessons, actually. Uh, now, we may not necessarily be able to talk about every single possible lesson that comes up in their story, but uh, we wanted to encourage you to, as you listen to these people's stories, don't just listen to it as a story, but listen to it as a lesson and think to yourself, you know, what can I learn from what this person went through? What can I learn from that? Or what is something that maybe I'm going to have to go through in the future that I'm going to have to keep this in mind for once I get there? Um, Or what am I doing right now that this can help me uh, get better at? Or what's something I want to try to avoid? You know, stuff like that. So I really encourage you, uh, you know, we want you to be able to listen uh, to these people's stories and learn from them um, so that you yourself can, can do better as a music educator, composer, student or wherever you're at in your journey. So just want to preface that uh, with today's episode. Uh, We do talk to Mr. Bill Hardin today, and uh, he's a really, really great guy. You're going to hear lots of good stuff from him. But one of the biggest uh, things you're going to notice about most of his stories is that he talks a lot about the importance of the relationships between him and his mentors, his colleagues, and his students, uh, and how much of an impact that made on him and his life and his career, and and even ultimately kind of led to him ending up at Hardin-Simmons University, where he is now, uh, and how me and Kara met him. So just a really, really cool thing uh, to keep in mind. That's such an important aspect to think about in regards to not just as a teacher, but as a person in general. So uh, the importance of fostering healthy uh, relationships, being able to take feedback from people that care about you, um, and, and all this good stuff like that. So uh, without further ado, I'll I'll quit rambling on here and we'll get straight to the episode. Uh, Here's our interview with Mr. Bill Hartman. (laughs) 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Measure. Today, we have a really, really special guest on our show today. We have Mr. Bill Hardin from Hardin-Simmons University. He is the director of bands uh, at Hardin-Simmons, and uh, he's the director of the world-famous cowboy band at Woo-hoo. HSU. That's right. <laughs> they're, they're a really cool group of people. I'm, I'm sure you'll get to hear more about them here in a little bit, but uh, he's here today just to kind of tell us about his story and his experience and and as we go, we'll just ask fun and interesting questions as we as we go, and we'll just kind of see where the conversations uh, where where they go. So, what do you think, Kara? You think that's a good plan? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, perfect. Well, let's go for it. Well, first of all, Mr. Harden, thank you so much for absolutely for being here. Yeah, this is great. Um, I'm trying to remember when when we first when, when did you what year did you come to HSU? I came to HSU uh, as the director in 2018. Okay, uh, that's right. Yeah. So when when you were freshman, sophomore, we, it was sophomore, beginning yeah. sophomore. That's yeah. right. I remember now. And I think I don't think we ever really, I don't think we really met you or talked to you very much that year. But I th- I think the earliest memory I have of like talking to you more was um, our our choir, the HSU concert choir. We took a trip to Italy. Correct. Yeah. And, and I was privileged mm-hmm. to get to go on. That's that. right. Yeah. And so then that's when we got to know you better. Yeah. So that was yeah. a really fun. Mm-hmm. That was a fun yeah. trip. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, cool. Um, well, I mean, we can just kind of start and we can kind of just, you know, see where everything goes. But could you just start just by telling us and you can go as specific or general as you want, okay. but just kind of, you know, where you first found music and how you came to do music, you know, full time throughout your life and just tell us your story. So growing up, uh, I was not born into necessarily a musical family as such, uh, but but we went to a really small Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, and my mom played piano, and she did, and and organ. She didn't play reading music. She did it all by ear. I mean, mm-hmm. she she will tell you she can't read music now. So, but she she would just chord out everything and play the hymns and uh, play whatever the choir was singing, which was probably usually hymns. It was it was a very very small church, and as young kids, my sisters and I that were each about two years apart. Two grade levels apart, um, and we didn't have our little brother yet. But uh, we would sing uh, old time church hymns with my mom as special music, and mm-hmm. mom would play the piano, and the four of us would mm-hmm. sing. My my sisters and I and my mom, and so, and then we changed to a bigger church. She was no longer playing, but we got to be more active in in youth choir and started playing handbells. Uh, and so when I was a really young kid, the there was a junior high that was stone's throw from my parents' house. I mean, just right around the corner. And uh, the, uh, in April, they would always go out and practice for the Buccaneer Days Parade. And they would march up the street beside our house, and I would be out on the corner marching uh, you know, marching along beside them on the side sidewalk. I just thought that was really cool. And there were a couple of times my parents uh, took us out to football games. Uh, we were not a real athletic oriented family either, <laughs> but just for, I don't have any reason why they would, but they would take us out to high school football games. And then I would come back and march around the front yard. So even as a young kid, I was fascinated by, by that. So uh, in the sixth grade, I, I, uh, took orchestra in elementary school and learned how to play string string bass. 
but obviously there's not a string bass in the marching band. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do, you know, band so I could be in the marching band. So uh went to Hamlin Junior High School. Terry Rose was my director there. But we walked in and and my dad uh is is past now, but he could talk to anyone. And he mm. he uh so he, the way uh what we walked in to to the meet and greet with the director and to choose an instrument and stuff. And I guess I'm a little bit arrogant because I said, well, I, I want to play a bass clap instrument because I'd played string bass. I'd taken guitar lessons too. I'd taken some piano lessons and enjoyed that. I really wish I'd continued piano, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but the, uh, so I said, I want to play a bass clap instrument, but I want to play a solo instrument. Oh, well, then you should play bassoon. Mm. And talking mm -hmm. to Terry Rose later, he said that because he thought we had a lot of money uh, <laughs> because of the way my dad talked. So little That's did funny. he know. Uh, so anyway, I ended up choosing bassoon and uh, went, of course, through high school. I ended up, my senior year was very fortunate in that I, I did make the Allstate Band uh, and... Uh, ended up first chair in the Allstate band at the end mm -hmm. of the audition. But the room monitor that year was a gentleman named Dr. Andy J. Patterson uh, from Hardin-Simmons University. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, the, the audition, you know, ends up in my favor. Uh, Dr. Patterson comes home to Abilene and has uh, lunch with uh, some friends, uh, John and Jeannie Best, who's uh, his John's father, Carl, had been the opera director at Hardin-Simmons hmm. for a long time. Both John and Jeannie had gotten their degrees. Uh, and John, they lived across the street from us at Corpus for a number of years. He was a photographer for the Corpus Christi Colored Times. And so they came back and were having lunch on Sunday. And Dr. Patterson said, well, I... I met a young bassoon player from Corpus Christi this week. And they said, well, what's his name? Bill Hardin? Well, how do you know mm -hmm. that? And so uh, because of that, he called my high school band. Uh, or Actually, I think he called my mom, called our house, said he wanted to talk to me, got the band hall phone number, called there. And so uh, they offered me a fairly substantial scholarship. Uh, with and that my audition was the Allstate audition. I mean, hmm. I never played an audition That's at Hardin Simmons or wow. did anything, but because hmm. uh, and so thanks to John and Jeannie Best and Andy J. Patterson, I ended up choosing to come here. At the time, uh, I was accepted at UT uh, School of Applied Sciences. I was going to be a doctor. I was accepted at Southwestern University in Georgetown. Same thing. And so when I came to Hardin Simmons. I came as a computer science major because my goal was still to go to med school because that's what you're supposed to do when you're, I mean, I had really good grades. I, you know, was top 15. I think I was 13 at the end when I graduated, you know, out of five, 600. But so I was a, you know, I was a good student. Good students are supposed to become engineers and doctors and yeah. lawyers and <laughs> such, not music teachers. <laughs> and so I came here as a as a computer science major, but I was still involved actively music, obviously, because that was paying for me to be here, a large part of it. And so um, at Christmas of that first year, uh, one of the other band guys uh 
Joseph Williams was his name, and we went out to to uh, the mall to go Christmas shopping. It was after finals were over, but before I was leaving. And so we went out to a place called Chelsea street pub. They used to have this mile high pile of nachos and Mm -hmm. we were just sitting there, you know, having a soda and and nachos. And, and he just looks at me and said, so when are you going to do what you want to do? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, you know, you want to be a band director. I said, no, I, I really don't. And he goes, yes, you do. Everyone knows except for you, but you, mm. you, you mm. really, that's what you need to do. And so that began the process. And then oddly enough, cause I hadn't started taking freshman theory that year. Cause I wasn't a music major. I didn't need it. Yeah. And so just so happens that they decided to teach the first semester of freshman music theory, the next in the spring that year. And then the second semester would be in the summer. Mm. So, Okay. So I went ahead and signed up. I was a music minor. So they so I was able to, you know, I started taking the music theory class. And then at spring break of that year, I went home to Corpus and and we my mom took me over to Wendy's when I, the the night I got home. I got there pretty late, so most stuff uh, again, once upon a time everything wasn't open 24 hours. <laughs> so we went to Wendy's and and I decided, well, I had already decided I was going to switch. So I thought, well, I'm going to tell mom because she's very supportive. She'll be fine. And she yelled at me in Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> and so I didn't tell dad because I thought he would probably kill me. Uh, so later in that week, he he did. Uh, he brought it up at lunch one day and said, so, well, if you're going to be in music, I hope you'll at least write your own music and not. Well, he didn't. I mean, I'm not blessed in that way, so I, <laughs> I never did that really. But anyway, so the rest is kind of history. I ended up, you know, switching to music. And and uh, when I graduated at Hardin-Simmons in 1986, uh, went to the University of Cincinnati, followed my friend Rob Tucker, who I'd gone to school with for one year before he graduated and went to Cincinnati and did a master's in bassoon. And so my goal was I wanted to teach college bassoon. Uh, and that was my, that was where I really felt I, you know, I did not want to be a band director. That was just, <laughs> you know, I just wasn't, wasn't, oddly enough, I wasn't interested in marching band. You know, I chose, uh, talking, going back to that beginning statement, I got in band because of marching band mm-hmm. and then chose a non-marching instrument. Uh, so, um, anyway, when I graduated from Cincinnati, I interviewed, uh, well, I applied for several university jobs and I was, uh, interviewed for a job at Texas A&M in Kingsville, Texas, because the, the, uh, woodwind teacher, they had one woodwind teacher and had grown the program so much that he needed help to, to do everything, but it was a new position being created. So that person had to do a whole bunch of other stuff, including supervised student teachers. And I didn't have any teaching experience. Mm. So supposedly I was a finalist, according to that music person, I was one that they really were interested in, but because of my lack of teaching experience, they had to go with someone else. So, so I decided that I needed to go ahead and teach for three to five get the experience, go back, start applying again. And so I started applying for, for jobs across the state. Um, 
came to Abilene. Uh, at that time, the music store was Caldwell Music, and there was a gentleman named Gary DeShazo. And as a student at Hardin Simmons, I was a band librarian and office worker, and I would take instruments up to, to Caldwell and get it you know, repaired or go pick up stuff for Mr. Woods or Mr. Mather. And so I had met him. Of course, Gary DeShazo was a huge cowboy band guy, mm-hmm. very big supporter of everything that the band did. And uh, he was a very big supporter of get, helping people get jobs, whether they went to Hardin-Simmons or ACU or McMurray or wherever else. He was, he was all about. And everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. And so I went and sat in his office. I was actually wearing one of the most loud T-shirts that you could ever imagine that we had gotten in Nice, France, on a trip with the Cowboy Band in 86, <laughs> in shorts. And he calls Tommy Fry, who at the time was the director of bands at McMurray, and he come, and they had a woodwind position open. And so he calls him up, and he comes up there. And so I interviewed for the McMurray woodwind position in that getup. Uh, <laughs> kind of impromptu <laughs> wow. uh but uh anyway so i i had driven home possibly from that trip it's about an eight hour drive from it was at that year those years about an eight hour drive from abilene to to corpus 55 mile per hour i know y'all don't remember these days <laughs> at all uh it it, it it wasn't covered wagons or anything but it was, sure. it, you know, <laughs> it was definitely yeah. at a different time and so I literally drove into the driveway and parked, and my dad is standing at the door. He says, there's a Gary DeShazo on the phone for you. <laughs> and so I uh, got on the phone with him, and he's like, Ed Hanley wants to talk to you. He's a band director at Odessa High, and he has a job open, and he would very much like to, to talk to you. And uh, so I called him, talked to him, ended up driving back out, Um so when I've, uh, this was early July, I believe, maybe end of June, but I, I, uh, had, you know, I said, you know, do you know when you're going to know? And, and he said, we're hopefully real soon. And so, well, cause I said, I really want to move early <laughs> before things get, you know, before school starts so I can get settled in and find out exactly, you know, have a little time to, to grasp what I'm about to do. And, uh, so we, uh, kept waiting for a call, kept waiting for a call, ended up going to TBA, looking for jobs, Mm -hmm. got an interview, still hadn't heard from them. And, uh, so I interviewed for this job down in a little bitty town. I can't remember the town in, in South Texas, uh, it was a 3A band. I would have been the high school band director. There was a middle school person, but there were 30 kids in the band, and, and, and it was going to be different. And uh, so uh, I had interviewed there, and then on Sunday I was playing in a municipal band concert in, in Corpus Christi and got home from that, and, and Ed Hanley called and says, did you get a job yet? And I said, no. He goes, well, we're going to make the decision tomorrow, and I really want you, and I think I will will get what I want in this situation. Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. I said, okay. Well, as the day went on, my, first off, I did get a call 
from the other school offering me the job Monday morning. Oh, well. And I said, well, I got a call yesterday. I'm, I think I'm in for this job in Odessa, which would be, I think, a little better fit for me. But I, I will know more, you know, mm-hmm. af- after today. So can I call you tomorrow? And I said, yes. And so as the day progressed, I got madder and madder at, <laughs> at Odessa because they you know, strung me along. I was going to move for a long way away from home, not going to know anybody. And yeah. so I had formulated in my head exactly how I was going to tell him that I was, you know, I, I would have come there, but y'all just waited too mm-hmm. late. Mm-hmm. And when I got the call and he said, when can you be here? And without a second, I mean, the, literally, I answered a call that, yeah, this is Bill. When can you be here <laughs> tomorrow? <And> that <laughs> was, like, I mean, there was no thought. Yeah, so, <laughs> so literally the next day I drove from that it's, summer band started on Monday morning and Monday night is when he called or Monday afternoon is when he called me mm. Tuesday. I drove and Wednesday I went to band. Oh man. Uh, and so I moved to Odessa in 88 for three to five years. And that was my goal. Uh, I was at Odessa high as the assistant for two years and then had the opportunity to move to Bowie junior high school, which was one of the, the three feeders, um, and I was there for eight years as the, the head, for four of them, I was the only director. And then we were able to get assistance. And so I had an assistant for four years. And then I moved back to Odessa High in 98 and was there for another 20 years. So mm-hmm. my three to five turned into a life, life sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, can't say I had an easy start yeah. uh, the, the first couple of years at Odessa High. Uh, I was a little bit out of my element and, mm-hmm. uh, f- a funny story went that at the end of that, the first year I was there, the two drum majors, uh, a trombone player and a bass clarinet player. And they were both in an applied music class that met the last period of the day. And so it's at the end of the year, everything's over. So we're not really doing anything. We're sitting and talking and um uh, i can't remember what but i think i said uh now it's the 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 girl melissa said so you were nervous at first day. i said you could tell oh yeah <laughs> said you you look like a deer in the headlights oh uh i know so, i would <laughs> uh but we you know i i met some amazing people in my career of course i was the last person that jr mcintyre hired as a band director in mm. um uh, while I was there, uh, while he was there, he was the fine arts director. He is one of the, uh, big names in Texas band history. He, cool. he mm. taught at Permian forever, great mm. bands. Um, and then of course, uh, Charles nail was the band director at Permian high school at the time became my boss. And to, to this day is one of the, the, the musicians that I admire the most, music teachers that I admire the most because of his abilities. He would come work the band. He may only get through 12 measures of the music, but by the time he got mm-hmm. to the end of that 12 measures, that 12 measures would be, you know, yeah, yeah. In superior shape. And then mm-hmm. the rest of it, you know, would have to come. <laughs> but, uh, but he just was a brilliant man. One state marching contest came in second multiple years. 
and uh, won honor orchestra twice because he was the orchestra choir, band, orchestra and band director at Permian, uh, and won honor band once and played. Anyway, so I just uh, Ed Hanley was my mentor teacher that first year and was just absolutely uh, incredible to me because he just did everything and he he could to help me be successful. He was really good. He he would not even give me um, there were no teaching moments in front of people so mm. in the old band hall at Odessa High School it was very small and we had all these inner rooms and if he was going to suggest something to me he would make sure the, the, the band hall was empty he'd lock mm. the outer doors uh. we would go in the inner office and lock and close all those doors and mm. then he'd say okay I would suggest you try this because he didn't want the kids to think he was telling me. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was so supportive in that way. Uh, he was just very, very careful about what he said to me. And uh, so, and and uh, Cindy Bullock, uh, the year that I was hired, Cindy Bullock had been hired as an itinerant. Uh, she had already been hired before I got hired. So J.R. McIntyre called her and said, hey, I need you to go over to Odessa High and serve as the assistant band director until the new guy gets here. So she does. So that Wednesday that I show up, uh, Ed sends me out with the flags and Cindy. And so I kind of met her there, but she did, she did it. I just watched. And then later that afternoon we went to lunch. And then afterward we went back to the school and went down to the main office and he took me in around and introduced me to all the staff, you know, this is Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. And then we go back to the band hall, and Cindy is there now. And and he goes, hey, did you meet Cindy Bullock? And I said, uh, yeah, we saw each other today. And and that's what I remember is there was silence. And so I asked her, so what grade are you in? Or did you meet Cindy? I don't even think he said Cindy Bullock. Did you meet Cindy? Well, you know, he introduced me to the kids by first name. And so I said, so what grade are you in? And she just said, I love you. <laughs> uh, uh, Cindy went on to win honor band twice at Nimitz Junior High School. She was amazing. She's ten years older than I am, but she <laughs> to this day I tell that we tell that story, <laughs> and uh, she's she, we've been really good friends ever since. I consider her a very dear friend. There was a guy named Ben Walker who was the band director at Crockett Junior High in, in Odessa at the time. He also won honor band twice. Uh, he won it. Two times in a row. So he won it. Then the next time you couldn't compete. And mm-hmm. then the next time you won it again. Um, playing, you know, very difficult literature with eighth and ninth graders and did just an outstanding job. And so he would he would come over and watch my rehearsals. And then I would go to their house and then he would sit down with me and say, OK, blah, 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 and do that kind of thing. The other thing that Ed did for me that year uh, we had terrible facilities and mm-hmm. like our band hall was not big enough for the entire marching band. So he would work the brass and per- uh, brass and percussion of the band hall. I would take the woodwinds to the auditorium or he would work the woodwinds and brass in the band hall without stands. And I would take the percussion outside. Uh, and so during after marching band was over, we were all in one period. Um, he we divided into band A and band B. And he literally went down and, you know, as we would do tryouts throughout the fall, first chair was in band A, second chair was band B, 
vice versa, so that you had players in each group. And so he stayed in the band hall every day, uh, and I was in the cafeteria every day. And band A would be with him one day, and band B would be with me, and then they would flip-flop. And so I had my tunes that I was doing with each band. He had his tunes, but that way he would he would play through the tunes I was doing just to, to make sure. Cause he wasn't there mm-hmm. to help me. I mm-hmm. had to yeah. do the band completely by myself and he wasn't there to help me. Um, so he would just go through my tunes and listen and make sure everything was, you know, was going okay. And so that he helped me. In that. And then again, go in the inner office, close all the doors, make sure mm-hmm. you know, all the eavesdropping machines are off. And, and then he would say, okay, you know, here's some suggestions what I think you should do. Yeah. So that I, I really, I owe him, I owe him my career. And I've told cool. him that I owe him my career because yeah. he, he fought for me. Uh, Mr. McIntyre uh, was concerned about my experiences and, uh, and, and had just believed, believed in me. So uh, I really appreciate him for that. Well, well, then just tell us how you ended up at Hardin Simmons, where you are now. So, I was in Odessa for a long time, and uh, we, you know, we had success. Can't say that we were sweepstakes every year, but but we were sweepstakes more than we were not, mm-hmm. and we did yeah. make marching band the marching band rating, and that's what mattered because that was one of the reasons I was ready to leave. The I think we were at seventy nine years of first divisions and marching and. And uh, just that's a, a a hard streak to yeah. mm-hmm. think about breaking for sure. Uh, but and marching band is a young person's game these days, and so I was um, dealing with administration uh, with a fine arts administrator who was not interested in the overall music program. He's just interested mm-hmm. in jazz, and uh, it was. I was frustrated. I was tired and I was just ready to, to, to leave. So I, um, just decided to retire I, 30 years in had the, had the points necessary. Uh, and, uh, my friend who had, who I had pre- followed at Odessa high had gone into, uh, fundraising, student fundraising. And so he was work, the company he worked for had been bought out. They were letting him hire an assistant. So I was going to be his assistant. And I had, had, you know, gone through the drug test. I had, they'd flown me to San Antonio for a day to meet with the, the higher up and, and all this. Uh, but the, the university, uh, Hardin Simmons had, had made a decision, uh, to make a change and the job posted on Facebook one day and, uh, the next day or maybe even that day sometime right around there i got a text from a guy that i had been at hart and simmons with as a student we were freshmen together and he was at the time was the the foundation president and so he had texted me and said hey did you see this sent me a picture of the job posting and i said yes uh, surprising uh we had just had the 95th reunion Mm -hmm. and i didn't get to go to very many of the reunions but i had been at that one and uh so he his next text was so are you going to apply and my next text was no way (laughs) uh but i i said no and he goes why not i'm just really not interested i'm just Mm -hmm. tired 
And so 20 or 30 minutes later, uh, Jay Lester, who was fine arts director in Abilene and a cowboy band alum as well, mm-hmm. and taught, taught in Odessa for a while, so we, we know each other. And he calls me, same, same exact thing. So are you going to apply? No. Well, <laughs> several of us have been talking. Um, and, and so one of the reasons that they, they were kind of interested in seeing if I would consider it is, uh, well, because of my past music experience, but because of the fact that I've traveled a lot with students. Now, I'd never done an overseas trip. I, I wouldn't do that with a high school group because – you know, once at Disney World, or at, I guess it was at Universal Studios in Florida, and we, as they got off of the bus, we handed them their passes to get into the park. Literally handed it to them as they got off the bus. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is walk from the bus to the ticket gate and go in, and that's all they have to do. Oh, and before we could before we could leave the buses, here comes a student. I lost my ticket. Oh gosh. <laughs> And so, you know, I said, well, there's a ticket, there's a ticket booth right there. And so you'll need to go buy a ticket Mm -hmm. because we've already given you your ticket. We don't have extras. I told you that on the bus. Mm -hmm. So that was a $170 mistake for that kid. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, um, fast forward, uh, I've, I called Dr. Tucker and talked to him and, and, said I would think about it. And so I did apply and I came over the night before the interview, stayed at Rob Tucker's house and uh, Jay Lester actually came over and we were talking and I just said, well, I just, I will, I'm going to be totally, completely honest with you. I am flattered that I was asked to, to interview and I am doing the interview for the, for the practice of interviewing, but I'm really not interested mm. in this job. And if it's mm. offered, I won't accept it. Mm. Mm. Now, four years later, yeah. <laughs> so I don't have, I'm not very good at keeping my word. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, so I, I uh, came on in the fall. I literally uh, signed my contract with Hardin Simmons. I was in a hotel um, in Sydney, Australia, working the, the working that program. Uh, they emailed me the contract. I signed it and scanned it and, emailed it back uh, and got home from Australia like on the 2nd or 3rd of August. Uh, my mom and sister picked me up in, in Dallas and we drove back to Odessa and I packed stuff up and on Sunday I drove to Abilene and started work on Monday. <laughs> uh, so still still having jet lag problems but uh, it's funny that you say that it's like that's almost a complete mirror of like with the odessa job yeah first yeah. got that exactly right <laughs> it's just a longer distance yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that's that's so funny that's kind of cool yeah. and so when i you know that first year that i was here uh one of the things that i had because i was I was told they were interested in, in doing more travel again because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the cowboy band has a very, very rich history. And back starting in 1930, they began traveling overseas and have periodically, you know, done trips here and there. Uh, like I said, when I was there, our, our first trip in 84 was the first one since, I think, 1962 when they took them to, to Japan. But they had done, you know, multiple presidential inauguration parades, and and they had traveled all over the 
the country. And so uh, when I got here, uh, we obviously couldn't do that big a trip in the first year. But so that to kind of get us started, we, we took the band to Branson, Missouri in April. And we played, uh, we were there for four days and played eight times over those four days. Uh, then, of course, the next year we were invited to, or we applied and got invited to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when she suggested that, the travel agent is who suggested that to me. So, of course, we did that right before the world yeah. shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. So, uh, at the time we went, things were just starting to happen, and and it uh, like a week after we got back, I get email. So have it, has anyone been sick since I got back? Unfortunately, no one had been. Hmm. So, man, wow, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. it was like <clears throat> it kind of feels like that just happened, but it's yeah. been I know. what two, two years? years, two years. But man, cool. Well, I I just want to add before I forget that whenever you told your your parents or your mom at Wendy's yeah. that you were going to yeah. switch to music. It, yeah. I, re- I remembered that. I remember I actually first told my my dad that I decided that I was going to go to Hardin Simmons at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> did so you really? I did. I did. <laughs> down in Austin. So that's just kind that's of funny. funny. <laughs> that is funny. So actually. anyways, I'll always remember it's. I told my dad at Wendy's, I, you know, I, I think I want to go to Hardin Simmons and, wow. <laughs> instead of Baylor. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then y'all went to Ireland. It was at the last, the, the most recent trip. Yeah, the most recent trip was Ireland. So we took um, 38 people. Um across between uh, uh, about half alumni and half current students uh, performed three times, really two and a half. We did perform three times. One of the performances was rather silly, <laughs> but, but we performed at Kilkenny in front of the castle, which was really cool with your, with the, the sound shell being a, a medieval castle mm-hmm. uh, and lots of lots of elementary age kids there. But a lot of a lot of other people stood around and everyone seemed to enjoy us and then uh, performed, of course, in the parade uh, in Dublin. And we were we were definitely a crowd favorite, I think. Yeah, that's just great. Cause what we do is so different from what everyone yeah. else does. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, You've worked with different students you worked with junior high kids you worked with high school students and college students um obviously the, the only difference between oh, the Harden simmons and the only difference between high school and junior high kids is body odor <laughs> that's what i yeah that was my question what are the similarities the, and differences the only difference between Harden simmons students and odessa <laughs> high students is some of the kids who are drinking are actually legal <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man well there you have it folks <laughs> short and simple but that's uh, yeah. it <laughs> i mean it you know it it's definitely uh you know when i was in junior high it literally was seventh eighth and ninth. we taught mm-hmm. beginning band seventh eighth and ninth they were in my top group and then high school was 10 through 12 and about five years ago now six years ago they changed it to sixth mm. and seventh and eighth in the middle school yeah where i went I, to school my i had junior high seventh eighth and ninth and so I you went to it. hearst uh-huh okay I did. yeah the only schools left seventh eighth yeah. and ninth are hearst i think yeah i so, liked it yeah liked- and that that was it uh Unfortunately, I mean, that's when I was a kid, that's what we mm-hmm. did. Uh, and for the most part, the 
every school district had moved away from that because there is a huge difference. When I was at Bowie, I thought my ninth graders were so mature. Mm. When we moved them to the high school, oh my God, so different. You know, really? it it's really is a difference between a ninth grader and an eighth grader. Yeah. But there is a huge difference between a ninth grader and a tenth grader. Definitely. Uh and so I you know, I do think educational models, uh, you know, a lot of cases do show that sixth, seventh, eighth graders should be together. Mm are going to do better together than with the ninth grader involved. But I'm mm. still not convinced on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, of course, Odessa, Odessa, ECISD has struggled academically, which is the reason they did that, mm. trying to find mm -hmm. find something else to see, try something else to see if we could get sure. something to improve. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's... Kids are different everywhere you go. My kids mm -hmm. in, in Odessa were the nicest kids ever and didn't get them to play necessarily as well as I wish I could have. Didn't get them to buy in, but you just don't, you have no idea what their home life is like. Right. Yeah, and, well, uh, for sure. So, um, and I would work band camp at band and orchestra camp at Baylor for a long time and, and, deal with a lot of these kids from these high power music programs from across the state. And my mm -hmm. kids were nicer in a lot of cases. Some of those <laughs> kids, you know, were, were fabulous players, but, but kind of entitled mm -hmm. you know, and, and created a different set of problems. So, yeah. it, you know, every kid deserves a good teacher that cares about them, that wants to help them achieve uh, I've, I've heard it said that the goal of the music teacher is to get kids to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to achieve. Mm. Mm. That's good. So that's awesome. And that's, I think a very important statement. Great. Let me see. I wrote a, I wrote a few things down that I thought would be kind of nice to ask you about. Well, first of all, I mean, not just with you, but already, I mean, we've interviewed a couple other people so far and, and I know we're going to continue to see this trend. I mean, we already knew this is the case, but, it's just even more affirming to to hear about how every single person that you know is is done music and have have gone really far in their careers have had so many people that have made huge impacts mm -hmm. in their in their life but on top of that most of them were other you know other teachers uh you know even if certain people didn't become you know teachers yeah. themselves you know having those music teachers there and yeah. um <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I was just, you know, listening to you. I mean, you listed off, you know, yeah. name after name after name of, of people that made a big difference. And, and same goes with, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Romines and mm -hmm. Dr. Cher and everyone else mm -hmm. that we've, uh, that we've talked with. So I, I feel like that's a good, that could kind of be an encouraging thing that I think a lot of our listeners should know is that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing that I say in rehearsal that I didn't hear someone else say. Mm -hmm. There is nothing mm -hmm. that Charles Nell said in rehearsal that he didn't hear from somebody else yeah. or from somebody else. Um, as a, as a new teacher, you cannot let your ego get in the way of, yeah. of seeking help. Uh, one of the things it, it wasn't happening when I went to Odessa, it, it already stopped, but in the good old days, uh, it's funny when I first went to Odessa high school, 
and Ed Hanley would talk about, well, when I started teaching kids with, and I would roll my eyes, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. well, kids are kids, whatever. But, you know, now that I'm on the other end, kids change so much from when I started to when yeah. I finished. But, yeah. but, but in the days uh, before I moved to Odessa, again, Caldwell Music, and that started here in Abilene, Caldwell Music, they had a room in the store. It was actually Brooke May's mu- music in uh, Odessa at that time and then Caldwell, but the Caldwell music in Abilene and in Odessa had this room with a stereo set up. And on Saturdays, all of these teachers would bring their rehearsal recordings for that week, good oh, or bad. That's and nice. they would play them for each other and they would, you know, let, let the other people critique them and oh, give them cool. ad- advice. And they did that like, weekly like every saturday you would go up there and you would sit there with your recordings and you would take turns listening to each other's recordings and making oh, comments that's nice that's <clears throat> that's really cool i don't know if i mean i mean i know there's still a lot of collaboration kind of like that that happens today i've never heard of anything that specifically or at least recently i'm I'm sure there's people that do similar stuff nowadays well of course today you can with the internet yeah, you can you just, can just yeah, record it and send for sure. people for sure. links and and then it's you can do it without actually being but mm-hmm. again that's that's one of the things that i i i love the internet too i yeah. think the internet has made education easier and harder yeah mm-hmm. for, for sure, sure. And, uh, and well yeah because having that personal Having that personal mm-hmm. dynamic and feedback is <clears throat> really important. I, I was I've been listening to some other podcasts, and one of them they talk about. Um, they say that that you are, and I know they didn't make this up. They heard this from someone else yeah. too. But they say that you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's yeah. I mean, that's really something to think about when, especially in regards to you know your teaching and, and everything. I mean, I think you could. Uniquely for for teaching the the five teachers that yes. you hang out with the yep. most, or that you learn from the most, or you're the average of of them, and I guess that is one thing that you don't really get through the internet if yeah. people are just mm-hmm. you yeah. know, sending That's comments right. and stuff. That's so right. you don't have as much of direct influence there. Oh well, going off of that though, so I mean, you had really good people there to help you. Could you tell us a little bit about more about kind of the struggles you had those first few years? Yeah. You know, teaching at Odessa. You, you said yeah. you weren't completely in your element no i mean i look like it it, i had no earthly idea what i was doing you know (laughs) i had taken woodwind methods at hardin simmons some sometime between 1984 and 1986 i had taken woodwind methods and brass methods and percussion methods and all that but you know college gives you some tools but you really learn how to do it once yep. you get on the job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, that, that first year doing uh, my concert band uh, during the second semester, I had the second band. And uh, during that semester, I had this clarinet player. First year clarinet player was, was really a good player. And uh, some of the rest of the section were not as talented or whatever but but you know kids would third row clarinet player would raise their hand you know hey miss ryan how do you finger this and i would just look at the first year player and she would stand up <laughs> and turn around and show them the fingering because i just really and where i really learned how to do it was when i moved to Bowie mm-hmm. and uh was uh teaching 
woodwinds teaching mm -hmm. brass and so i you know i i learned the thing i tried to stay a day or two ahead of the class mm -hmm. myself so that i was better prepared you know for for them for the next day and so that's where i really learned how to to know what to listen for and and do um that first couple years uh at buoy I would go down to the office and cry. Mm -hmm. The counselor's office, the principal's office. And one day I went into the principal's office and I just, I just am not cut out for this. I, I just, I don't need to do this. And um, he said, "No, just you're, you're going to be fine. You just got to get rid of, you know, the, the, the program was not in great shape and mm -hmm. and uh, had struggled, and you just got to." get rid of you know everyone that was and so i said yeah i guess so i guess next year and he goes no it'll be the i guess the third year and he goes no it'll be the fourth year hmm. because wow. the the still the 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 first three years had people that yeah. had been under the yeah. previous or were mm -hmm. under kids who had been under the uh -huh. and so you know the fourth year is when we finally hit sweepstakes wow uh, the second year we did make a one on stage <clears throat> i think Made a three insight reading, but I didn't care about that. You know, I got on yeah, the yeah. bus and said, "You made a one on stage. You made a three insight, but you made a one on stage." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, you 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 celebrate the victories mm -hmm. and then work towards getting victorious in all all areas. So, so he was kind of right there. Um, but one thing that a young teacher really needs to know is that the ratings are not why we do this, and yeah. the kids are not going to remember. Um, they're not going to remember what they made. They're going to mm. remember the friends. They're yep. going to remember the joy of playing. They're going to remember the music a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. They're going mm -hmm. to remember that, but they're not necessarily going to remember that they won this festival. It, it, that's yep. really not important. Uh, I'll tell a great story, and I'll try to do it without crying because a lot of times I do <laughs> So I had this, when I was teaching at Bowie, I had this horn player, Brad, Bradley Ward. And in seventh and eighth grade, Bradley had uh, all the Ds, uh, you know, ADHD. He, he <laughs> couldn't sit still to save his life. And uh, Charles Nail had come to work the band when he was an eighth grader. And at the conclusion of the rehearsal, we went in the office and he's like, what is the wrong with that kid? I said, oh, I know he drives me crazy. And, but the, the story was, uh, he was a band assistant. He had one period that he didn't need a class for. So he was my band assistant in my beginning brass class and beginning brass was, was probably 80 to 85% male seventh grade boys last period of the day oh man and in those days we <laughs> yeah. had coke machines still on campuses oh, and so for the disaster. kids at lunch would just go you know they might not eat anything but might have mm -hmm. three or four sodas oh man <laughs> uh and so this particular day um that we finally got we got to the end of the class and i go in my office and he's sitting in my office and i just sit down and just <sighs> And said, I don't see why you just don't kick them out. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, Bradley, if I kicked out every kid that did that, you wouldn't be sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> and he just 
I guess you're right. And he didn't say another word to me. And at the end of that year, my principal calls me down to his office and he said, I want to give you this note that I got from this parent. And, uh, it was from Bradley's mom. And he said, I know that you only ever get, uh, correspondence from parents when they're mad about something a teacher has done to their child. So I want to share one teacher that did something special. And she told that story hmm. about how he'd come home from school that day and mm-hmm. immediately told her that story and how, you know, how it affected him. And so I remember that to this day, Brad ended up going over to uh, Permian high school instead of, Odessa high. But so I, I didn't necessarily wouldn't have had any other dealing with him except for he never did do the region. He wasn't interested in competition, mm-hmm. but he went to solo ensemble every year and every year he'd call me up. Can I come play for you? And he would come get me to help him wow. uh, because he just really, you know, fast forward. Um, last time I saw him was what had been he probably a year or two after he'd graduated and he was working at home Depot. But, um, I get, uh, a graduation announcement from Angelo state university. And he's written a little note on the invitation on the announcement. He's just like, I just thought you'd want to know. And he was graduating with his degree. Fast forward three years later, four years later, and I sitting in my office at Odessa high and I hear, well, he hasn't changed a bit. And I look up, and there's Bradley standing in my <laughs> office door. He has just finished his second master's degree at Angelo State wow. and has joined the Army as an enlisted man. So if you have degrees, you can bypass enlisted status and go straight to leadership role oh. in the military, Wow, as I understand it. And so... I asked him, so why, why are you doing this? He goes, because why should uh, anyone listen to me when I'm, it, when I've not gone through the same thing that they went through? And mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to do the enlisted man thing, be just mm-hmm. like everybody else, at least for the first tour. He says, my goal is my, my goal is I'm going to stay in, you know, this is going to be my career. And it's always been in my mind, but, but I'll do for four years, just like everyone, just go through the mm-hmm. ranks like everyone else, and then yeah. possibly say, okay, now I'd like to use these to, to up my game. Because it, it, it makes a difference in your salary, you know, yeah, a lot of stuff. Sure. So anyway, so I was so proud of that kid. You know, we went to lunch and had a great time just wow. visiting. And, and uh, so he was the first kid that we, we would have a Halloween party every year at Bowie with the band. And he shows up. I, I used to wear these, um, I don't know what, they, they were uh, like a twill shirt and mm-hmm. dark colors, dark dark blue, dark green, but just solid colors. And, and I, that's what I wore every time. And so he shows up at the Halloween party. And I was, uh, well, y'all remember me from the trip to Ireland. I I weighed a little bit more than I do now. And so I was not a small person. And so he shows up and w- with gray in his hair, combed like mine, 
and a shirt very similar to mm. that with a pillow stuffed in it, of course. Oh uh, and he was me for that one. That was, the, that was the first one. That was not the last one, but that was the first person that did that. So I think, uh, yeah, it was Tim, Tim Schaefer did that at Harden. So oh, really? did he? For basketball game. That's fun. I feel like I vaguely remember yeah. like seeing that on Facebook yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but I, I had other students do that over the years. I've had that happen a lot. Anyway, so yeah, cool. so that was, you know, and there are stories like that all the time. Uh, my my friend Van Ragsdale was a, a incredible teacher, one honor band at Lee High School in Midland, one honor band at Hood Junior High in Odessa. Fabulous teacher, but he told would tell the story or told the story about a a trumpet player, I think when he was teaching in Klein, and this kid, freshman and sophomore year was last chair last band, just didn't seem to have that much energy or drive, and made all state his junior and senior year. Hmm. Hmm. Just something clicked, yeah. and he decided it's time, and I want to do it. Cool. And uh, so uh, it it can happen, even those mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. Those eighth and ninth grade singer boys yeah. <laughs> in middle school choir. I have, uh, I have one right now. So I, I posted about it on Facebook. But one of my most beha- misbehaved students literally came in yesterday and was like, what if we all just do good today and we can all get pizza? You know, yeah. and I always have to get on to him for um, being on his phone. And he actually was the one who wished he said this verbatim. I wish that your class would burn down because I took his phone away from him yeah um and then today yesterday he was like let's just join forces and i mean isn't it interesting how students that can cause a lot of trouble for that usually are the ones that hold the most influence over the group no yeah he's definitely a leader and i've talked to other all of his other teachers like He's a leader, whether he's good or bad one, it's up to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've told him that too. Like you don't realize it, but people do look up to you. Um, Whatever you do, they'll do it. So if you're the one talking and, you know, being goofy, the whole class will follow you and do, um, do the same thing. But that your stories just go to show you like how important, like building relationships with your students, especially the ones that, are seem to be yeah because non-reachable yeah you never know yeah they'll they'll probably think in a couple years they'll look back to you like yeah he's the one who you know showed the most interest in that my first year as a head director at odessa high was a a tough year um because i you know i'm the new guy um Mm -hmm. and and specifically with the, the percussion section really drove me a little bit batty and um that was 1998 so there was except jump ahead to 2008 i had been sick and spent spent some time in the hospital when i got out i was in a wheelchair and uh, so when school started in in august i was in a wheelchair and and we went to uh convocation or yeah, I guess they called it convocation at the beginning for all the teachers mm-hmm. had to go and at the Coliseum. And I actually had been voted, I think it was a uh, sympathy vote, had been voted as <laughs> teacher of the year at Odessa High. Uh, and so my sister pushed me in the wheelchair out mm-hmm. to receive my plaque and stuff. And one of the percussionists that was in that group, who had been one of the problem children, uh, was teaching at that point. 
And uh, that night, my family, we went to Fazoli's and we're eating and he happened to be in there with his family and he walked over and, um, and again, this will be a, a crying moment for me. Hopefully I can do this without <laughs> coming across that way. Uh, and he, he just said, I, I saw you this morning and was really concerned and glad that you're doing better. And he said, I just want to apologize to you mm-hmm. because now that I am a teacher, on the other side, I realize what an incredible man you were oh. for putting up with the crap that I put mm-hmm. you through mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. not throwing me out. It, it you are amazing man. Yeah. So, and I've had I had another kid from that class too. Same basic thing. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. show I, that one. I was eating lunch alone one day in a restaurant, and he was there with his youth group. He was in college at, at Odessa College at the time, but he he told the youth group to, you know, goodbye. And he came and sat with me and he said the exact same thing. And he had been one of my kids at Bowie. Mm -hmm. I taught him seventh, eighth and ninth. And then he was a senior when I moved up and he was a turd. And uh, (laughs) that senior year, he he was not that bad as a a junior high kid. But anyway, he, he said, I really do value. He's now a missionary in China and has four children all born in China. Wow. So be patient with your students. Yeah, because you <laughs> yeah. never know. You're you're making a difference. Another great anecdote. Uh, I had a, you know, ODSI. We had had uh, three bands, and um, so the ability levels were different in each band. And there was a, a clarinet player, probably the bottom of the the third band, uh, and at at. When she was in junior high, I would, you know, go over there and it just was a struggle, you know, and I did what I could, but I didn't spend a lot of extra time. You know, I would, I would let her do everything that everyone else was doing and I would say, okay, keep working on it. But I wouldn't spend a lot of time knowing that, that it was going to be difficult to, to get her to get any further than that. And, um, so the end of the year, her senior year, she all the all the seniors would pay 90 bucks for these senior memory books that mm-hmm. they would take around and have their friends and teachers sign. And she comes in to me, Mr. Harden, would you sign my book? Well, she's taken a bunch of loose leaf notebook paper and uh, put ribbon to hold it together because she didn't have any money, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she has a page for each teacher and at the top for them to sign at the top, she has um, who that teacher was and what they represented. I was not her band director. I was the band director. Uh, I assisted in her class, Mm -hmm. but one of my assistants was her band director. So anyway, she writes that I'm the, I'm the, her band director and her favorite teacher of Mm -hmm. all time because of, (laughs) Because he did this and this and this and this for me. I would never, ever, I mean, you, again, tears flowed. Yeah. So when she left my office, you never know what impact you're having. Yeah. And it may have nothing to do with how well they play or sing or dance mm-hmm. or whatever. It, it may have absolutely nothing to do with that. But you yeah. are making an impact. And it's, it will be so hard to see at times. Yeah. It will be so hard to see at times, but you're making an impact and it's going to eventually pay off. 
I feel like we need to just end it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I that's, think that's a really good that's a really good way to end it. Man, that's that's awesome. I think that's I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but like I mean, as a first year teacher, I mean, you've you've had a lot of yeah, I mean, a lot of struggles obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it all comes back to yeah. the relationships. And something that's happened this week, I haven't really told you about it. Um, I have this one student in my seventh, eighth grade girls class. Um, very socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't talk to anybody in there. Um, uh, whenever we have some free time during class, she's by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, uh, she's just struggling a lot. Um, uh, she's been struggling for a long time. And so she asks to go to the counselor sometimes. Um, and she asked on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday and she came back and she wasn't, the counselor wasn't there and she was just like in tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I sat down with her at my desk and like, just kind of asked her, Hey, what's going on? And she's just really overwhelmed with school. But ever since that, she's like come up to me every yeah. single day yeah. wow. to like, yeah. she draws, she's shown me her drawings, mm-hmm. um, asks me some questions. I can't really go into it. Ask me some more personal questions of things that she's gone through. Um, and just, I've, and then I asked, I asked her what she wants to do. She wants to be like a graphic design because she is really good. Um, and then like every few minutes she would just come back up to me saying, actually, I want I might want to do this. I'm interested in this. But since I showed interest in her, mm-hmm. you know, um, she feels more comfortable, you know, talking to somebody about yeah. her life. Well, and I think about, I mean, obviously there are so many different aspects to why people do music and and what music does for people. But obviously one of the biggest ones is I I believe is that, you know, people want to feel understood Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to relate and be related to, um, and music can do that, uh, for people. And, and, and so, and, and music, yeah, that's the only way I can say it is it understands you, but, but like as a music teacher, like you also represent kind of like the, the human embodiment of that, uh, and to be there for students and being able to be that person that can, uh, you know, motivate, inspire, but also be, you know, encouraging and, mm-hmm. and understand and, and be there for, for those students, just like, just like music is. And that's just, that's such a cool and important thing that I think everyone needs to remember. Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, another thing that I kind of, I think is important is, especially if you're a young teacher, find time for yourself and find time yeah. to do things. You you have to work. You have to spend time. And mm-hmm. you, it, the, the, the music teaching job does not start with the first period and end with last period. It, it, requires, it requires you spend extra time. But when you have the opportunity, yeah, I was very fortunate that I was able to play in the Midland Odessa Symphony mm. for the whole time that I taught. I still do, still get to do that. Why did you go into choir teaching? Why did I? Mm-hmm. Um, I because of the I think it, it all really goes back to a my passion for music, um, but b the experience that I had in choir. Is your passion for listening to music or for performing music? 
That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> performing. It, it, was it performing. is performing. That, yeah. it, the initial thing is performance-based. Yeah. Not to say that you don't enjoy listening to right. music. But, but we got into this music. We wanted to continue in music because we enjoyed mm-hmm. the aspect of performing. Yeah. Um, so when possible, you know, I've, I've had a student tell me, Mr. Harden, you know, one of the things that I admire the most about you is you don't just get up in class and tell us it's important to play our horns. Mm-hmm. You do it. Yeah. And we see you do it. We see you performing. And that, that's, I think, is very, very cool. And so uh, I know you sing in mm-hmm. the Abling Chorus. Yes. Upbeat. And, and so when you have opportunities like that, whether it be a community band uh whether it be you know a local orchestra if you have that opportunity mm-hmm. i was fortunate i got to do that it's it's dif- it would be more difficult for me in the orchestra that i play in now if i wasn't hadn't already been in it forever because right. i'm old but uh but it's it it just really has been that kind of is an uplifting thing i look forward mm-hmm. to getting over to getting to go and and sit on stage, and there would be days at Odessa High that I would teach up until six o'clock, six thirty. Uh, the reason I was so heavy, I drive through Waterburger, pick up a Waterburger mm-hmm. and fries, and eat it as I sped out to Symphony Hall for rehearsal, yeah, and yeah. think the whole way out there, God, I just this is just I just need to quit playing. I just mm-hmm. and and I just don't need to do this anymore. And I'd get out there and begrudgingly get my horn out and get set up and then start playing Beethoven. It's like, oh, thank God. Thank God I get to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How cool is it? That's... And it, I would, it, it just really is important to find ways to renew your, your passion yeah. Yeah. That, because it developed because of the performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, we saw that just – Last week when we were at, um, we, we sing in Backbeat is the group mm-hmm. we're in now. Upbeat was the one at, at Hard Sorry, Simmons. that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. they're really yeah, they're similar. Very, very similar. But, um, <laughs> but Kara, you, I mean, you invited your students to yeah. come watch and a few of them showed up and it was, you could tell it was really inspiring to them and they loved seeing you do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I gave them extra credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that's that inspired okay. a bit but too. I, mean, yeah. I still bet you they absolutely oh, loved yeah. it. You could see it in their eyes. They they like to see you. <laughs> I, I had another kid. We one year we were taking the band to Dallas, um, and it wasn't on the original trip plan. But but I was able to get. I I decided to throw in a, an opportunity to go to see the Dallas Symphony, and I said, "If you want to do this, this will be an extra thing. It'll cost you this much, and you'll miss out on the go karts." And so. When I talked to the lady, I said I probably I wouldn't I wouldn't expect more than twenty. It was band and orchestra too. I'd say twenty, thirty. Well, she goes, I could get up get you up to forty tickets. I said, Well, go ahead and reserve forty. I don't think we'll use them all. So we used forty two, hmm. and I thought it would be all orchestra kids and a few band kids, and it was probably three quarters band. And one of the ones that went was this trombone player from the second band who, you know. He was a great kid. He he worked hard when he was in band, but he he wasn't he wasn't a super player, and and that was okay. He just yeah. he he loved band. He did his part. He tried to yep. to learn mm-hmm. his music and whatever. 
And he was one of those ones that that I would never, ever, ever had anticipated he would say, I want to do the symphony concert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we got to remember that being able to perform and, and, and do stuff like that is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's not something we have to do, but it's something we get to do. And yeah. that is ultimately why we, yeah. why we did it in the first place. And I'd say this all the time too. I, you know, I tell my kids, I don't, I don't want you to go off necessarily and become band directors, mm-hmm. but it makes my heart feel good when you go off and say, I want to play in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to, uh, Oh, there's a symphony concert tonight. Oh, there, I want to, I think I'm going to go here. I enjoyed playing music. Yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. have, you know, I have, I have a tuba player and his girlfriend have been to every concert of the Midland Odessa symphony this past year. And he, mm. you know, has not played his horn in years, but but he goes to see me play, but you know, partly. But it, he's just—he's really learned to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of getting to perform a lot, yeah. we have a rehearsal <laughs> we have to get to here in a little bit. Yeah. So before we go, well, first of all, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on the show. No but, um, yeah, before you go, could you just tell us a little bit about just the Cowboy Band and the band program at Hardin Simmons? And um, if anyone wants to look into the Cowboy Band or possibly look yeah. at y'all where, where they can find y'all. So the the band program at Hardin Simmons includes concert band and a, the cow, the world famous Cowboy Band. As I, as I said, the <laughs> world famous Cowboy Band has been around and and done a lot of cool stuff over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, next year the, the Cowboy Band will be celebrating its 100th year uh, in right, May man. of 2020. <laughs> in May of 1923, uh, the first Cowboy Band to wear the chaps and hats and all mm-hmm. that stuff uh, went down to San Angelo, camped on the the banks of the river, and performed for a. a uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, wow. convention. And so that was the very first. Now, there had been band and music at Hardin Simmons prior to that. They just had not done anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So the first cowboy band was in, in 1923. So uh, the band is not real big. We don't do traditional marching and such. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't learn drill necessarily. Uh, we basically just perform music for the enjoyment of performing music and, and hopefully providing enjoyment to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, we have some antics and we <laughs> move around a little bit. We don't stand right. at attention very often. <laughs> That's right. Um, so uh, it's, it, it is open to any person on campus uh, who has played an instrument uh, rehearsal. It re- the concert band rehearses every day. 12 to 12.50. Cowboy Band rehearses Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 4 to 4.50. And so the only uh, thing that, uh, that, that both bands are open to anyone on campus. However, to be in Cowboy Band, you currently have to be in Concert Band. Now, that mm-hmm, may change, mm-hmm. but right now that's how we've been doing things. Um, so Concert Band plays a couple performances a semester. The Cowboy Band is the spirit ensemble for the university mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. performs at the local football games a couple of the basketball games as well mm-hmm. we also do some really cool side trips uh the dallas christmas parade has paid for the band to come march since 1992 so they awesome. pretty yeah. much cover our cost 
uh, for that. And then uh, we also have been playing at the HEB Feast of Sharing for a number of years in Fort Worth. Mm. We've not been invited to the one in Abilene. But we play in Fort Worth, and they pay for our bus, and they, of course, feed us there and provide us with a a goodie bag when we leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's uh, pretty cool that they they want us to do that. We do some local pep rallies and elementary uh, don't do drugs rallies and that kind of thing just to to try to – because what we do is very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in Ireland, the people just went crazy when we came up just because mm-hmm. uh, cowboy hats and chefs. Yeah. They're from Texas. That. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. So, anyone interested, I would be, love to talk to them. And, yep. you know, they can can reach me. Uh, they can look up the my email address on the mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. website. Yeah. And I, I like to tell students when I'm out traveling and recruiting that. You know, if you're a student like, you know, me or Kara that grew up in a school district that has really, really super huge marching program, really strict, I mean, really good, but can also be tiring. And there's a lot of students that they've enjoyed marching band, but they don't want to be that intense going into college. But if so, if you don't want to be that intense, but you still want to have a fun outdoor performing kind of marching type experience, then this could be a really good program for you. Really good extracurricular thing. So, well, you can always reach out to me too, if you're interested in regards to just, you know, Harden Simmons in general, and I can connect you with Mr. Harden. Um, We will have um, the Cowboy Band, the Harden Simmons Band uh, website page linked in our show notes. uh, And you can reach out to them anytime if you like. So, Okay. Awesome. All righty. Before we go, don't forget, we would love for you to uh, leave a five-star rating for uh, this show and leave a good review if you'd like to as well. That'd really help us bring on even more awesome guests like Mr. Harden here. It would be a great help to us. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Harden, for joining us. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) 